gonna do 20 laps. That's what he gonna do. Embarrassing. Buckle up, Big MX fans, because it's time to arm yourself. That's right, it's time for the Arma Energy Racing Update. Through this series of podcasts, we're going to be talking to all of the members of the Arma Energy Racing Team. The Albertsons, Jimmy Sloan, the Freckle, Mitchell Oldenburg, and heck, we'll probably get the truck driver on at some point. This is everything to do with Arma Energy Racing. So sit down, strap in, and get ready to live the Arma life. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Bills Pipes, and W Wheels. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With me on the line, we've got my favorite moto photographer, none other than Mike Sweeney. Let's go, Mike. I'm good. I'm good. Friday night. I'm excited for some uh, motocross tomorrow afternoon. Introduced by the God voice of uh, like no other. Mike Sweeney. And also on the line, accompanying us for the very first time, he is a motocross absolute specialist. This guy has a well of knowledge, and he also knows how to twist the throttle himself. We're talking about that dang thing, Billy Belmore. How's it going? Doing good, Brad. Thanks for the intro. And uh, Mike is my favorite moto photographer too, without a doubt. We have that He's in ridiculous. common, my friend. We have that in common yes. as well as the passion for motocross, and that's why uh, on a Friday evening we're uh, spending time on the phone talking moto. And uh, for those who want to follow you on social media, if they don't already, they can go to that at that dang thing, all one word, on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, that's it. And Mike, you like to uh, you like to uh, confuse people because your Twitter is different from your Instagram. How does that shake down for those at home? Yeah, I got. I was actually pondering uh, rectifying that situation this morning, and just haven't got around to it. On Instagram, I am just at Sweeney Photo, S W E E N E Y Photo, and on. Uh, Twitter, you just add an M as in Mike in front of Sweeney Photo. So, so it's at M Sweeney Photo. It's so, not that confusing, and, uh, but for the average motocrosser, uh, the M in there is definitely a bit of a wrench. Uh, sometimes I try and mention you on Twitter and I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. I know what I was going to say. I think I'll just make my uh, Instagram match it so they're both the same. Somebody, some jerk has Sweeney Photo on Twitter or so. Maybe I'll pay him off. Maybe it'll be like uh, buying your number when you're uh, uh, you're getting into the NFL. I know uh, Marcus Mariota. For those who uh, follow that sport, had to buy or at least uh, canvas the kicker on the the Titans for his number. But uh, I don't think there was much fighting for that one because uh, first of all, it's number eight. I don't know why you'd want to wear number eight. And secondly, uh, the kicker gets short end of the stick more often than not. So, boys, we're talking 250 preview. Uh, these are the smaller bikes, but uh, let's be honest, these guys know how to twist the throttle better than anybody else in the world, including some of the guys in the 450 class. These are some serious contenders, and they know how to fly. Um, gotta, gotta ask, uh, Billy, uh, what's your motorcycle of choice? Do you go 250 or 450? Uh, I go 250. I'm a bigger guy. 
but I've always liked the smaller bikes. Um, right now I'm riding an, an 04 CRF 250 and uh, actually a, an older uh, CR125 too. So I guess Hondas. Hondas are my choice for, for the past uh, 8 or 10 years or so. Fair enough. You like the CRs, and uh, I myself also have 250s and, and a 125 as well as a 252 stroke. So uh, none of us on the line uh, slinging our leg over the bigger machine, but um, love love the sport on both ends. Um, oh, absolutely. So how I wanted to break things down tonight, guys, is uh, basically uh, establish who our front runners are, who are far and away the, the top contenders, the guys that will be winning the majority of the main, the, the heat races as well as the overalls, and then uh, finding to see where the other guys fit in as far as little groups or who might be an outlier who maybe doesn't fit in those other groups, uh, and then talk about some of these young kids coming in who uh, have a reputation of, of hitting the ground more often than not. Um, so... Without further ado, I'd love to start off with the contenders, and I and and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm talking Marvin Muscan, the number 25 on the Red Bull KTM. I the next one I'm gonna I'm gonna mention these in order, by the way, is how I feel like they're gonna go. Uh, Cooper Webb on the uh, or at least how much like this this list is uh, how much momentum these guys have coming in. And these are my contenders. You can put them in any order, but uh, coming in with the most amount of momentum would be Marvin Muscan, Cooper Webb, followed by uh, Jeremy Martin, and then Adam Cianciarolo. Billy, tell me why I'm wrong. I can't, really. Uh, I'd love to make this a heavy debate with you on that, but uh, you can't really argue with any of that. Well, it's not surprising. Uh, I do know quite a bit about the sport, so uh, thank you for oh, agreeing with clearly. me wholeheartedly. Clearly. <laughs> uh, now, nah, Muscan and Webb, they're coming in with a huge head of steam. You can't argue against, that, against their momentum, but at the same time, Martin didn't have any kind of head of steam last year. Exactly. And he just he just came out and crushed everybody. Uh, I think Webb's going to be a little more dialed this year than he was last year. You know, he's just, now, he's stronger, you know, Luskan's coming in uh, healthy for once, so that's nice to see. And then uh, AC, too, I think he's kind of a sentimental favorite with everybody. He, everyone seems to like the guy, you know, real well-spoken, nice kid. And uh, the last time he did race, it was indoors, but he was winning, so... I'd like to see him get in there, too, for some wins. 100%. Now, uh, Mike, um, we saw Jeremy Martin have an absolutely butt-ugly season on a 250 last year. This season, with uh, a little bit more dominating performances, but still um, seemed to lack a little bit of confidence and uh, his getting, getting his feet secured in Supercross. Doesn't seem to be a Supercross guy. Definitely more of an outdoor guy. The first time I ever saw him lead laps was at Millville 2013 as D Jason Thomas and I sat on the on a grassy knoll watching the, the rain come down as well as some sick motos getting thrown down. Jeremy Martin, to me, is a guy who may not have made that same step forward that Cooper Webb and Marvin Muscan did this year, establishing their own dominance. Tell me why I'm wrong. It's kind of hard to. Um... You know, Jeremy was better this year in Supercross than he was last year. And Not much better. Whether 
No, but he was definitely better. Yeah. And whether or not that translates to the outdoors and does he take another step in his speed outside, you know, beyond where he was last year, another year on the bike, he's healthy, uh, which you can't really say for Cooper Webb. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the Racer X film that was posted today, but Cooper's still kind of making some noise about being injured. That might be him playing head games with his competition, or that might be, you know, him actually speaking the truth. We'll find that out Saturday afternoon when they line up. Uh, but, you know, one guy we're not talking about who I think also needs to be considered in this group or is going to be kind of right around the periphery of this group is Justin Bogle on the Honda, uh, also coming into this season healthy. It's uh, another year experience. Remember, he came into the outdoors uh, a little banged up last year. So it'll be interesting to see how Justin does on that Honda. I know they've got him running good. So Definitely uh, a little bit of a wild card. I'm not too sure if to, if to think great yeah. things for yeah. for Bogle. I'm not too sure if I can if to see him take a, a little bit of a step back with A. I think he had a huge uh, confidence hit this year going into like riding a whole series with the number one plate and not really making a whole lot of noise uh, and not really having a whole lot for. Uh, Marvin Muscan every single weekend. I feel like that kind of just like we always talk about confidence in this sport, and uh, yeah. this was not a confidence building series in Supercross for for Justin Bogle. And I re the reason uh, that's honestly why I think he bowed out and hit same him and J Jeremy Martin bowed out of the last round. They're like, I am so over this. I don't need to be at this race. I need to get my head straight on for outdoors slash. I just don't want to yep. be there being. Uncom unconfident, like Billy. Like, yep. am I? Am I? Is my thought process correct here? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, you, you definitely want to come into any series with a head of steam and to be confident. And like you said, Bogle. I mean, he was he was consistent, but wasn't spectacular. And he was consistently behind behind a guy that he's going to have to race all summer. Uh, I kind of have him in that fifth spot with, if things go right, maybe in, you know, in the top three, meaning more like third. Yeah. I, I really can't see him beating those guys unless they have a crash or, or horrible starts, something like that. So yeah, he'll be, he'll be solid, but probably around that, that fifth, fourth, fifth spot. Yeah, like I, I'd, uh, Mike, I'm not sure if you guys got my uh, the image that I sent uh, the two of you. I'll try and send it again, but uh, I basically structured my how I think things are going to set uh, shake down by basically separating these guys into groups. And I have Justin Bogle on his own because I don't really put him into that top four of the guys I mentioned earlier, Muscan, Webb, Martin, uh, Cincerello, and I don't really have him in the next five guys. I, I don't think he's part of that Nelson, Osborne, Savachi, Plessinger, Hill kind of melee. Like I don't really find him in that group either. I have him on his own. Yeah, he might fall back into that group, and he may jump forward a little bit, but I think he's going to kind of – he might have a really lonely season just riding his season out in fifth place. Uh, what were your thoughts? I – uh, yeah, well, I would say the, the number one reason you're right on that is because Bogle's a pretty consistent starter, and he's going to be right in there right off the bat, and if he can hang with those guys, he's going to freight train along with them, and none of the other guys on that list you just said really have that consistency. So, again, I'd love to disagree with you for the sake of the podcast, but I think you're kind of dead, dead on on that one. 
Yeah, I don't mind well, bringing somebody on that's going to pump my tires. What's, uh, sorry to interrupt you there, Mike. What were your thoughts? I know what I was just going to say. Interesting tidbit is last year at Hangtown, Bogle got a third in the first moto. I uh, wonder if yeah. overall. Yeah, he wound up getting a 35th, and I think he crashed out of the second moto. Uh, oh, did he? he? Had, yeah, he, yeah, he did that huge cartwheel, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, but he did have some speed last year in the first moto, so it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Um, for all intents and purposes, I believe that this year, more than next year, or last year, Jeremy Martin has his hands full with a whole lot more guys that are um, loaded up a little bit more. Like uh, I, I equate it to like a playoff series where uh, you have a team that's playing, like they play their first round against a team that maybe like have a little bit of the injury bug, might not be as uh, as has much depth if you're a hockey fan uh, down the middle and stuff like that, but. This year, in the second round, uh, Jeremy Martin is going to be facing a fully healthy Adam Cincirolo, who wasn't even there last year, uh, older, more yep. dominant, more confident Marvin Muskan, and uh, for all intents and purposes, one of the baddest men on two wheels on the 250 class in Cooper Webb, who did mention that he had that ankle bit. And uh, I think that he didn't, like, in my opinion, the way I kind of heard him and in, in his tone of voice... It was one of those things where, yeah, my ankle's not perfect, um, and I, like I'm going into I'm going into this a little bit hurt. So if I have some bad results, that's what I'm hanging this on. Do I sound like is, is that uh, totally out of left field there, Mike? No, no, not at all. It's um, I think it's pretty much on track. Um, as the track gets rougher, I think you might see Zach Osborne making some noise tomorrow, too. I think a lot of people are kind of overlooking uh, where he's going to be. He's, he's a damn good outdoor rider. Absolutely. And and uh, he focused on that for a number of years while racing GPs. Um, that was his yeah. that was his bread and butter. Barely even touched a supercross track. And from his the, uh, the video you see from him, he's he's got... A lot of skills uh, in the outdoors, and especially some of the, like, the looser tracks. The, the, as the, the series moves east, I think you'll see him be a lot more successful. And uh, training with uh, Tomac can't be a bad thing. No, definitely not. It's uh, it's going to be very good, very good thing for him. Now, before we move into uh, the the next tier of riders, uh, let's talk a little bit about guys who can win motos throughout this year and. Uh, uh, you guys can stop me whenever whenever you feel necessary, but I'm thinking uh, the 25 of Moose Can, the 17 of Cooper, obviously, uh, your top four guys. Those guys will win motos. The other three that I can see winning a moto, uh, maybe not an overall, but definitely a moto along the way, would be uh, Bogle, Jesse Nelson, who of course had one last year, and that Zach Osborne character you were talking about. Uh, is there anyone in that group that you guys are – that in that group that shouldn't be there, and uh, is there anyone that I'm overlooking? Starting with Billy, uh, Bogle and Osborne would be my two question marks. Things would have to go extra right for Bogle to pull off a win. Osborne, like you said, he's he's an outdoor specialist. Uh, he's coming in healthy, so that's huge. I think he might get one, but I'd kind of put more more on the podium. Uh, Sorry, did you mention Nelson in that one? I did, yes. The number 28 machine yeah. will be a top step at, for at least one moto, if not an overall uh, somewhere. And yeah. by the way, he does go good at uh, Hangtown as well. That guy's so cal. 
He does. He does. Uh, yeah, I you wouldn't be surprised to see him kind of raise it to the next level this year and actually uh, pull off an overall. I, I like love his style. He's real fun to watch. You know, just smooth and aggressive at the same time. And yeah, I could see him getting uh, not only a moto win but an overall this year. So, Mike, who of my list is least likely to get a uh, to get a win? And uh, if you were to take him off that list of eight or seven guys, who would you take? Who would you put on? I would say Nelson is the least likely. Okay. Um, as far as oh, you're, 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 you're going against my boy Nelson. <laughs> yeah. Well, just All right. least likely of that least likely of that group. Um, as far as the two guys that you might put into that group, it would have to be for this first guy. It would have to be one of those. Everything would have to fall right, but uh he knows how to ride with a lead as we saw in supercross and that would be joey savacci i was gonna say um, savacci or hill like hill has the speed i don't yep. know if he has the fitness or like we're talking a a math equation that neither one of us on the phone could could answer that would all the stars would have to align for justin hill to uh be ahead yep. of seven guys so you're talking seven guys have to have a butt ugly moto for him to uh, to be up front, just check out. Maybe that's what it would take. It would take a whole shot and just check out, see you later type of ride. Yeah. So now, did you have um? Did you have oh, sorry, Adam Tuttle? Did you have Adam Tuttle from Sorello in that group? Oh, well, of course. Yeah. Well, I we'll get okay. into this a little bit later on down the the podcast, but uh, I have some bold predictions about uh, Adam C and Sorello. Uh, I think he'll win some motos right. this year for sure. I like but it. Before we get to him, I have one more really dark horse as far as a moto win. Yep. And it's another one of those things, planets flying off right, wet track, you know, just stuff happens. But I think this dude could actually win a moto win and shock, you know, everybody. Uh, and that would be the 157. 157. Oh, of uh, Plessinger. Plessinger? Yeah. You think if they do a moto yep. in the woods that he's going to win? That's what I, if there's roots and rocks, well, maybe. You know, something like uh, what we had at Ironman last year? You know, something along that line? Yeah. Oh, um, in, yeah right. in a mud moto, I would take Plessinger over anybody else. That's for damn sure. I think There you uh, go. I think you're right. I think he would have the he would have the uh, the unique skills necessary to make those things happen. Yeah. He's got the DNA for it, right? Hundred percent born yep. born that way. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice or just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. Amigos are racing man. 
Mario B's Imigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard and more. Check out EKSBrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722.
let's let's get into my guys that are uh, on like my next group that are outside the top five on a more regular basis. We're talking the sixth and backwards first tier because I actually have fourteen guys that can be in the top ten. You do the math. Uh, Got to be Canadian math. Hundred percent, eh? <laughs> Nelson, Osborne, Savachi, Pleasanger, Hill. I paint them with the same brush because I could put them in any order and most likely agree to it. Uh, Billy, is there anyone anyone who should not be in that next tier of riders? And uh, if not, if there if if you take one out, who would you put in? Well, Hill, I don't understand this year. And after listening to the four four fifty predictions, the uh, the Winter Series is that what we're calling Supercross this year? The Winter Series, yes. Yeah, so this, is, this is the uh, the Lucas um, Nationals. What happened to Hill? I just I was expecting big things on that bike and that team, and just flat. He's probably got so, a lovely girlfriend or something. Got oh, right. Uh, that'll that'll take you right off the rails. Hundred percent. I don't know. He's got the um, red-haired thing going for him. He's got the short thing going for him. If motocross history is correct, he should be on the verge of a perfect season. He should have had a couple titles by now. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Uh, I'd put just from past performances. I'd put him in the tail end of that. Um. I don't know. Like, can R.J. Hampshire? Or can Jordan Smith jump into these guys on a regular basis? Like, I I kind of have Jordan Smith and like kind of pe- penciled in with the the big question mark Zach Bell's of the world and the like mid, the Chris Eldridge's of the world. Crazy fast, but could explode at crashers. any moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Group them into the uh, the cartwheeling crowd, like ridiculously fast, like you said, but just just can't stay off the ground. Uh, again, they could sneak in with a good start and get into that, you know, fifth through eighth, tenth range. And I, I think they're all interchangeable. Uh, short of having a good start, I can't see any one of those guys being consistently better than that. So who's the most consistent of this bunch then? The Nelson, Osborne, Savachi, Plessinger, Hill battle. Uh, Mike, who is the most, like... If I had to put a gun to your head, who's going to be the most consistent guy of that bunch? Who would you say? I'd go with Osborne outside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then yep. two riders I would two riders I would add into this mix that we haven't discussed yet: uh, Shane McElrath and Mitchell Oldenburg, who I'm really interested to see on a KTM. Hmm. Uh, he's saying that he loves the bike. He feels instantly at home on it and just feeling really fast. So. It's going to be interesting to see that freckle go. 100%. And uh, unfortunately, I do have him uh, mixed in with my Chris Aldridge's because uh, he, uh, yeah, that makes sense. he, like, by, based on uh, nothing but, uh, like, I love the guy. Had him on the show twice already now. And, uh, but, geez, that kid hits the ground hard and often. Yeah. Uh, I wish him the best and I hope that he uh, gets over that little, that, Bug, but honestly, I, I hope that for all three of these guys. I don't like seeing Chris Aldridge on the ground. I like the way the kid rides. I don't like to see Zach yeah. Bell hit the ground. I think he's 110 pounds of fun. Uh, yeah. Jordan Smith, yeah, he's he's all these guys, they twist the throttle like no tomorrow. Yeah. Um, who, who knows? But like, I want to see them do better. Uh, obviously, if they're able to get in there, I wouldn't have a problem putting them in this in this bunch. And of course, now I have, th- I have 75 guys that are in the top 10. But 
that that's not. Now, I do think you need McElrath in there, though. Yeah, you think I can move McElrath? I do have him in that next tier yeah. of Martin Hampshire. Uh, and honestly, in all in all reality, I, I Matt Bashalia and Shane Shane McElrath might be the same person. I can't confirm that. Yeah, you know, one of yeah. Them, I know one's on a KTM, one's on a uh, like, but like they literally one's number thirty-eight, one's number forty. So they're literally like, if you go from last year's results, they are following each other around everywhere. Um, yeah. Like that's just, I, I think they're going to have a very similar season. I can't, I can't, I don't think you can say McElrath without saying Bachelia. Uh Yeah. It's just now to to go back. You uh, you dropped Alex Martin in there. I forgot about him. I would have had him. And he's training. He's, he's training with that uh, that barnyard animal that we talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That uh, oh, goat, and uh, thanks to Tony, thanks to Tony Blazer, I now know that uh, the goat is not the first time that a motocross racer has been uh, nicknamed the goat or a goat. Uh, goat Brecker. Goat Brecker uh, was apparently uh, like a, a big name in the '89 uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Golden State series. So. Like I don't know if the sport just likes to reuse nicknames, but uh, when I think of the goat, now I'm thinking Brecker. So I don't know about you guys. No, that that was actually his name, wasn't it? I thought like yeah, was, is that yeah, I think it was right. Yeah, his actual name was yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think so. I'll double I think check on, on derived, iTunes, but. derived from Billy Goat like behavior, but it wasn't goat as in greatest of all time <laughs> as is used with Ricky Carmichael. So. <laughs> Two different, two different usages, but uh, Go yeah. Brecker was a yeah. character, man. The guy, he was something else. Hundred percent. Now I have two gigantic uh, question marks beside the names Luke Resland and Daniel Baker. Daniel Baker is not a name that I knew of up until about two or three days ago when I saw him on the pre-entry list. Uh, I know the kid's fast. I know he rides at one of the nameless. Uh, training facilities where the kids know how to stretch uh, throttle cables like no tomorrow. Um, yep. what, what can we expect from either one of these? Do you guys have any knowledge of what these guys might be bringing to the table? Can they move into that uh, out like the, the nine to 12 range? Uh, from what I'm Mike, hearing about, uh, who is it? Davis, Mike, uh, Daniel Baker. Uh, yeah, from what I'm hearing about him is that he's incredibly fast, uh, a lot like A-Rod. He's either going 150 on fire or splattering himself and cartwheeling across the ground. So, so you're saying um, my cartwheel but, crew could actually be a little bit bigger? Yeah, it's growing exponentially, man. Wow. But that's, yeah. the, that's the nature of the beast in the 250 class. So. Seems to be. These kids are learning how to just uh, either go crazy fast or uh, or wreck themselves. Yep. Has yeah, that always been the case? It. Like, do you guys remember back in like the the one twenty five days and like like you had like kids coming out of the amateurs that were just like crashing specialists? Dude, I remember Guy yeah. Cooper being like that. If you watch yeah, the ninety three Supercross series, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it was more. And but it seemed like more in Supercross than outdoors. You know, like they yeah. You know, there's just much less experience in Supercross, and then once once they get outdoors, like like RC was a train wreck. He, you know, was the oh, yeah. typical checkers or wreckers, and and then once he went outdoors, he just you know, everyone kind of knows what he did. He just 
destroy everybody. Never lose a single series right. ever. Right. I mean, look at Stu. When Stu came on, same thing. One is rookie season, one is first national. Yeah, and he'd go outside and, and, and just dominate. So I think the learning curve is a lot steeper. You know, the outdoors come a little more naturally because that's, that's what these kids grow up doing. And they kind of they figure out the Supercross thing, you know, after after a season or two. Now, uh, I got a few questions just to finish this thing off, uh, about five or six questions total, and they're just more or less general. Forget about the uh, the way things will shake down, but um, first one's from Mike, and uh, after Mike answered it, Bill, you can answer it as well as you'd like. How shocked would you be on a scale of one to ten if Adam Cianciarillo comes out and absolutely ruins the field? I'm not saying 24 motos in a row, but... Uh, I'd say if he wins more than fifty percent of the motos this year, how would how how surprised would you be? Uh, one being not at all, and ten being completely shocked. Yes, I would put it somewhere around a three or a four. Wow! Um, so not very shocked. Not completely, no. Um, and God, the guy's just got so much talent in his pedigree and an amateur career, and. Uh, I think he's super motivated right now. Um, if he hadn't injured himself this winter and he's coming off a successful Supercross season, uh, probably wouldn't even be having this conversation, actually. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'd put it somewhere around a three or a four. Um, you know, I really can't wait to see the mind games kind of start up between him and Marvin and Mark and Webb. And yeah. Webb, yeah, his old rival. Yeah, yes. Yep, exactly. I feel like, and, uh, like but Billy, before I let you answer, I feel like Adam Sunsfield is a case of a guy who he's like a uh, like a all all American running back that just tears up college football, and all the hardcore football fans are hoping that he goes to the next level and has a, has a nice helping of humble pie. Like he's going to get to the next level, and he's going to find out what this is all about. And now, after two years of bad luck, injuries, and otherwise, I think fans have completely flipped the coin on Adam Cincerolo and said, wow, I just really want to see the kid do well, because he was supposed, there was, there was so much hope for what he could have been and he hasn't done much of that like we saw glimpses but we didn't see enough of it it's it's almost like the hardcore motocross fans are dreading the uh, kind of a a a rebirth of uh a robbie raynard billy yeah with with hopefully stronger shoulders well this Uh, has not been proved so far (laughs) right i know it no, the uh, you, you brought up a good point there with kind of the winner. You know, he's a winner all the way, and sometimes the backlash will get you. You know, it happened with, you know, it happened with a lot of guys. Carmichael felt it for a while, and then everyone came back around and, you know, got back on board. And to go back to your original question, I would be shocked just from the basis of his finishes and the fact that we've only seen him do an outdoor series, uh, really sick, you know, when he was coming back from, uh, what was it, Salmonella that he had? Yeah, bad yeah. Salmonella. You know, so we haven't seen a full-strength San Cerullo outdoors. Uh, you know, we've seen him, obviously, do really well in Supercross. So I'd, I'd put it up around like a like an 8 or 9 if he came out and won half the races. Not that I don't want to see him do that. I'd love to see him do that. He's, he'd, he'd probably be my favorite. You know, just uh, 
for a sentimental reason. You know, it seems like a great kid and, you know, real great attitude and just be a fun dude to uh, see on the podium every weekend. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if he came out and won that many races. Now, uh, this one I'll, I'll let Billy take the reins on first. Um Billy, how how shocked would you be on a scale of one to ten if Justin Hill is the better Justin between him and Justin Bogle? Ooh, yeah, I'd be super shocked. I'd put that at a ten. I'd have I'd have Bogle all day over Hill just yeah. just from past finishes. Not, not, not knocking you whatsoever. It's it's it would be supre- it would be supremely surprising. Um, but I don't know. I just the, like. With the speed like that, yeah. you gotta think that maybe he can shake this off and and do something special. What is, yeah, what is he shaking off though? Like what what was it? Because it was never was there ever an injury reported or a kind of a reason just, for his lackluster? Just uh, a stinky season. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I hope he does. I like the kid, and he is his style is great to watch, just like his brothers. And uh, I'd love to see him do well, but uh, I would be shocked if he did better than Bogle. Hmm. What do you think there, Mike? You know, it's funny with him. He was so good at straight rhythm. Uh, a lot like Mookie. I mean, Mookie basically got his bolt, his, uh, his Geico ride from his results of straight rhythm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we saw him there, and, you know, he was new to the KTM, and, uh did real well, rode fast, looked strong and consistent and smooth, and everybody just kind of figured, you know, all right, game on for Supercross, let's see what he does. And what, he have a few good rides early and then just kind of did nothing. Um, so hopefully he's coming out motivated and kind of angry. Um, this is kind of a hometown race for him. Um, you know, it's close to where he's from, so... Uh, that factor might be good for him, you know, Northern California race. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I don't see him, you know, based on what we've seen this year, I don't see him being better than Bogle at the end of the season. Um, you know, the Bogle finished fourth overall last year. Yeah. And one of the guys that beat him is now racing four fifties. So, yeah. um, you know, so yeah, I don't see that happening. hundred percent. Now, um, more of a personal question for both of you, Mike. I'll let you have this one. Uh, uh, what what events can we look forward to seeing some Mike Sweeney photos coming out of? Uh, what do you look forward to when you're shooting at each of these events? And uh, how do you prepare yourself to be successful uh, while doing so? Uh, you know, I just go and dust all the lenses off. <laughs> Get ready to shoot. Uh, make sure the batteries are charged. Modest. Um, Modest. Um, you gonna leave the iPad? You gonna leave the iPad at home this time? Yeah, no more iPad experiment. I shot an entire what? race with an iPad once, bro. What? Yeah. Oh Just yeah, to see it, came out it. Un- it came out unreal too. <laughs> Just for the hell of it, it was the uh, 2013 Cosmos National. Um, it was it was fun. It was like an awesome shot of uh, Stu in the pits. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you or put it up to something. Please do. Um, but anyways, um, I'm kind of thinking about shooting um, beyond, you know, the local races. Uh, I'd like to get out to at least one. I really want to do Red Bud. Uh, July 4th weekend a tough one, though. Um, maybe Colorado. Come to Millville. Um, it's always good to go home to Colorado. And as far as getting ready to shoot, um, no, 
back in the day used to be, you know, go out and get a ton of film and do all that stuff. But nowadays it's literally just make sure your equipment's good to go and kind of do some early scouting on the track and uh, figure out your spots and where the light is and uh, watch practice and go from there. Is there any way we can convince you to bring at least one roll of film and a non-digital SLR out there for uh, for one moto? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, I guess the, uh, the problem is, well, yeah, actually I could. I've got the, uh, I still got the old Nikon F2 that I shot all that stuff with back in the day. Uh, I don't have a super long lens for it anymore. Um, but yeah, it could happen. It's, uh, might have to do that. And that's why I meant to bring it to, um, to Unadilla last year and just spaced it as I was getting ready. But, uh, you know, what's funny about those cameras is they still have the, uh, the 30 year old motocross action stickers on them from back in the day when I was shooting for them. <laughs> yes, sir. That's awesome. Uh, now, um, Billy, do you think you'll be attending any nationals? Uh, maybe something like Southwick? Ooh, sorry. Too soon. Oh, really? Really? Come on, dude. Dude, hey, my closest national, you, my closest national is either Regina, Regina, Saskatchewan, which is a Canadian national, or Millville, Minnesota. So, like, they can't even take away my national. What, what's the <laughs> saying, about, saying about Regina? Uh, the, city like that, the city that rhymes with fun? <laughs> That's what it was. No, hey, you, Utah is going away this year, so... You know, That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Bring, Bring back the exactly. sand. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping, but yeah, the wick might be getting put on hold. If I go there, I might be the only one standing there for a while. Do you, uh, do you ride that but, track uh, as, as an amateur? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. It's, it's so much fun, especially <laughs> in, in practice. It's ridiculous. It's just a, just the freeway you can you can kind of flat track everything it's not the the bombed out track that you see that gets less and less fun as the day goes but uh just ridiculously fun track the the best firms maybe that i've ever ridden anywhere it's uh just a blast so are you still digging but, sand out of your shorts uh because of uh the millville sand oh yeah yeah still blowing sand Still blowing sand out of my nose. Oh, just right. ridiculous. It's good times. Uh, as far as road tripping, though, um, I'm going to Bud's Creek for sure. Fair enough. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's going to be a roadie. So so Head can jump in there if he needs to. No problem. We gotta see go, hang out. go hang out with the boys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole crew is going down. Ah, you my get, kids first. Get everyone together. My kids first national. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, of the nationals that are not near to you, uh, if you were to head to one national, if there is a dream world where you could teleport yourself to a national to enjoy it, where would you go and why? Starting with Billy. Uh, yeah, be a coin flip between Glen Helen and Red Bud. Just Glen Helen just looks like the craziest place ever. You know, the hills and everything are nuts. And then, you know, spend a week out in California and, and check out, you know, you always hear go to post circuit and chaparral and all those places. Uh, Believe and the then hype, just, my friend. Believe the hype. Yeah, it's a good time, huh? I've been there, yes. It's amazing. Yeah, so that would be, it'd be right there with that and Red Bud just, just for the track. Track looks amazing and the racing always seems good and the, uh, the party over the fourth seems like a good time. And uh, and Mike, uh, in a dream world, what uh, what event would you shoot with your camera or iPad? 
Unifucking Dilla, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to go to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. You, you, just had to, you, you just had to say that. You just wanted to say uh, Unifucking Dilla on the podcast, but what, 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 uh, if you could, yeah. one that you're not going to, uh, what would you want to go to? I got to go Red Bud. Red Bud. Dying. Yeah, yeah. that track. Just dying to. So it does look uh, sweet. I remember uh, watch. I remember yeah. one one time watching a video on YouTube, and there was this like I think it was a guy on a one twenty five just hauling the mail at this track, and it didn't have the description on where like where it was in the video. I'm like, where is this paradise of motocross? And I slide down, and uh, the comments it says Red Bud all day long, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> it looks amazing. And of course, the one twenty five was not jumping the leap, so. Uh, no, no, but uh, I'm looking forward to this season, boys. I think it's going to be really cool. I think we're going to have some good battles. I would love for Marvin, I don't know, uh, Cooper and Martin to just like get at each other and just get in each other's heads and eventually have to like the oh, yeah. the team have That's to bring two truck. trucks to every series just because they can't keep these <laughs> two away from just like peeing in each other's helmets and shit. Like that would just be unreal. Yeah. And- and that's those are two personalities that I can see that happening too. Hundred percent look like opposites, you know. Yeah, those guys are like oil and water, and they're both on uh, yep. on Yamahas. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's great, and it'll be it will be nice, hopefully, to see a uh, Mitch Payton KTM or Kawasaki uh, up front um, for the first time in a number of years now. Yeah, absolutely. Get AC out there. Get some wins. Right on. So, final thoughts, boys. Uh, who's going to have the points lead uh, coming out of uh, Sacramento? Uh, Mike, you've got the floor. I think my favorite Frenchman, the 25, of Marvin Muscana, that will leave hang time with the lead. I'll tell you why. He finished the Supercross season so strong. The rougher and the ruddier and the nastier the track was, the faster he went. And he is a lot like Jean-Michel Bale of old. Those rough sections, man, he's just floating over everything right now yeah. on that U250. So I can see Marvin leaving with a 1-1. I, uh, I, I humbly agree with you, my friend. I think that, uh, in my opinion, Marvin Muscan is a 450 rider that's being forced to race 250s this year. And that's why I have him pegged for my, my hangtown and most likely my championship. Billy, thoughts? Uh, I just changed my, I changed my answer. I'm going to say AC and Webb swap moto wins. Okay. So, uh, they, they, they swap moto wins, uh, assuming that AC gets second in the second moto, the, uh, the overall goes to Webb. I'm going to give it to AC. You give it to AC and then they split the trophy girl. I like it. They split it and they split the, They both have the point lead coming out of there. Wow, two red plates at Glen Helen. I'd love to see it, boys. Really appreciate you guys taking some time. Uh, really, a lot of great thoughts. I hope a lot of people like this uh, can listen to it and help them kind of make some choices on their fantasy motocross, or maybe they listen to it just so they can hear uh, Mike say "unifucking Dilla." Either way, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, yeah. You guys have yourselves a great evening and enjoy the racing tomorrow. Thanks, Brad. You too. Thanks, Brad. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.